guys, what's happening? So funny story. I totally missed an opportunity when I was talking about Mustafa to go Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa (laughs) from The Lion King. I just thought about that today. Wow. A few days late. Anyway, yes, Mufasa, Mustafa. I was trying to figure out why. You know, why was that Why was that title sticking with me like that? And that is why. Mufasa. James Earl Jones. Brilliant. That voice was brilliant, wasn't it? For that character. Beautiful. Anyway, today is another Queen Deep Dive. And we are getting into Queen's seventh album, Jazz, which of course is very diverse if not as diverse as its predecessor, News of the World. But it's a little bit more modern in terms of the times, the styles of the moment, which of course were very pop, dance, funk, inspired, infused. We have a little bit of that happening here. And really, I think part of that infusion comes from Mr. Roger Taylor, who I've mentioned previously was absolutely essential to keeping the guys rooted in the modern sounds of the time. I've talked about that, that he was the one saying, we need to get out and see these artists, these bands perform. What is happening in the world right now with music? I think he just naturally enjoyed keeping up with that sort of thing. So he was pretty integral. I can't say that word. (laughs) He was pretty important to that, the evolving of the band and what Queen did with their style and with their sounds. It's quite interesting. Whereas Brian has said that he and especially John, I think, were very fixated within the band themselves, just isolated in that world of sound, which in some ways I think is very It's very good that they had that balance because you have some of the guys that are very focused on evolving their own sound simply within themselves, but then you have someone else or multiple people who are paying attention to the outside trends. So it's a wonderful balance to have. But anyway, yes, this is the third song on Queen's seventh album, Jazz. And this is dive number 70, at a milestone of sorts. And this is a Freddie Mercury composition, his second on the album. Of course, the previous number was Brian's track, Fat Bottom Girls, which is a very sexy and aggressive number. And we are completely turning on our heels here. And this is somewhat surprising coming from Freddie that this is such a soft number. This is... I've read interesting descriptors for this. I actually saw the term glam rock, which I don't know that I would... I think maybe that's there simply because Queen was considered glam rock, certainly earlier in their career, but maybe that's just a tag that continues to follow them. But this is certainly a soft rock ballad. I think ballad is the defining word of this song. And this is jealousy. I don't read a lot about this. And I I think when I talk about this number, I'm going to get super reflective and soft myself because 
This is a buried, a deeply buried gem in Queen's catalog. I mean, deeply. I don't, I don't read anything about jealousy. I rarely see people talk about this. I rarely hear anyone elaborate about the gorgeousness of this composition because it is very, very simple. Brian, except for a few very defining moments, is very absent. And Freddie is the only vocalist here. So it's, it's much more reserved as far as Queen's compositions go. It, it's not overly produced. It's not elaborate. It's got some interesting, it's very interesting. It's got interesting sounds in it. The arrangement is quite complex, despite how on the surface it seems very, very simple. But I'm going to love talking about this because honestly, you guys, I love this number. It's one of my favorite to listen. It's one of my favorites to listen to. It's also a favorite to sing because it's got some very unique, surprising chord transitions. And we're going to talk about the way jealousy moves. And this was a single released April 27th of 1979 in the U.S. and was also released in Canada, Brazil, New Zealand, and the USSR. Didn't chart anywhere, but I suppose given the track's restraint, which is very uncharacteristic for most Queen singles that have been released thus far, perhaps this was a bit confusing to some. Oh, this is Queen? This is the same queen that did Bohemian Rhapsody. This is the same queen that did Killer Queen. You know, so this sounds, in some ways, this is nothing like your typical queen number. And I say that a lot because the guys, again, they go down all of these avenues that we don't expect, but that's what makes them so obviously queen. We're at 100, oh, sorry. Wow, we are at 81 beats per minute. I think I'm still thinking about the previous number. 81 beats per minute. Quite slow in 4-4 time signature, common time. And only two keys, G minor and E flat major. So it's, again, super simple in those defining characteristics, but the arrangement of the song gives it its interesting uniqueness and the way it moves. And the title is What This Is, The Destruction That Jealousy Brings Into a Relationship. The narrator is plagued by jealousy. It's as simple as that, very easy to understand emotionally where Freddie is here and what he's expressing. And this captures earlier vocally brilliant moments from ballads of Freddie's like You Take My Breath Away and even the flashy piano from My Fairy King. Freddie gives us this, it's quite poised, reflective composition delivered with so much elegance, sensitivity. This is a stark contrast compared to his earlier Mustafa the opening number for jazz, and especially in comparison to his gritty vocals in the previous Fat Bottom Girls. 
understated. This is soft and quiet, but no less affecting in its aching confession. Lots of dissonance, harmony, rich, extremely melodic. There are surprising broken chords, transitions that are layered into this soft and soothing performance. The movement of the vocals is particularly complex. Beautiful runs, melisma, very expressive and smooth. You won't find any aggressive guitars. And even the percussion is minimally magical. Symbol magic, specifically. Light on the toms and the heavier drums, always. Something about the piano is epic in some moments, but falls into incredibly delicate delivery in other moments. But John's bass lines are extraordinarily interesting, sometimes not on the tonic, which creates more dimension and suspension. His licks are effortless, his gliding up these glissandos into different notes, and it complements that sparkling piano from Freddie. In fact, this is another moment where the bass is nearly just as melodic as the, the driving instrument, which is the piano. Brian appears only briefly on his modified acoustic guitar, providing another facet of sound that's unique in Queen's catalog. We only get it a brief handful of times. And this is entirely sweeping and sad and impressive jealousy. I really do enjoy this number, though it was never played live. And like other songs before it that were never played live, this is one of those that I'm actually glad the only time we hear it is on the album. That's not to say I wouldn't have loved to hear Freddie sit down and play this on a piano and sing it. In fact, if it had just been him on piano and singing without any percussion or bass, that would have been a really elegant and interesting interlude between otherwise rowdy numbers, right? But it, it wouldn't have maintained the oh-so-important track list flow of the set list, which is extremely important. When you're putting together a set list for a tour, you have to consider how you open, carry, and close the show. It's very important. There's a reason songs go where they go on a set list, just as there's a reason, especially back then in the 70s and all through, I would say, any time before the dawn of the digital era, when people started to buy singles and only singles alone, when people were still listening to albums in their entirety, the track list was so important. And so to put this in the middle of this fiery energy the boys always gave us, especially in this time frame, in the latter 70s here, where everything is louder and brighter and bigger and the stage lights are insane and constantly moving and really hot, the pizza oven, remember? There's so much going on in their shows. So anytime they took a moment to be a little quieter, obviously that's something you have to counter with a pick-me-up number. And I, I realize I'm getting into the weeds on this, but I think this song would have been a challenge to do live and maintain the energy that was consistently carrying all their performances on a tour. Not to mention the extraordinary range Freddie gives us here. Remember that he often 
performing certain numbers would have to drop to a lower harmony simply because he couldn't give a full, pure falsetto performance or a higher chest voice performance at full strength. He always knew when he had to slip lower simply because of voice ability, depending on the night. So this takes us very high and very low. It's very beautifully done dynamics. And I think that would have also been a huge challenge to pull off live with all the delicate nuances this number requires. So I would have loved to have heard jealousy in a live setting, but I understand why this wasn't included. And again, it's kind of nice because we have this little gem of jealousy completely wrapped up and perfect on the album. This was the first and the last single, the only single Queen released in the USSR. And it must have been the sitar sounding guitar that we have and those clashes of cymbals that sound like delicate bells or softened clanging. There's something about the character of those sounds that does make it feel a little bit more sort of Eastern European and yes, a little bit more sort of, there's just something about the, the attitude, the demeanor of the sounds here that does make it sound like, okay, this would be a really great song to release as a single in this particular region or country, etc. And in 1980, which was two years after this album's release, the song was included on the list of songs for the 1980 Summer Olympics, which were celebrated in Moscow at the time. And this song features Brian on his Halford acoustic guitar, which he modified heavily to achieve a very specific sound. And I'm going to talk about that through these comments from the man himself, Dr. Brian May, on his Halford acoustic. He said, quote, I have a very old, cheap Halford, which makes this buzzy sound that's on Jealousy and White Queen as it began, which of course is from Queen 2. And I talked about this in that Queen deep dive as well. So to continue Brian's comment here, I've never seen another one like it. I made it sound like a sitar by taking off the original bridge and putting a hardwood bridge on. I chiseled away at it until it was flat and stuck a little piece of fret wire material underneath. The strings just very gently lay on the fret wire and it makes that sitar-like sound. And I actually forgot to note where I got this quote, but I believe this was from a 1980 interview, I think. It was the early 80s, maybe 82. He was talking about many, many, many different techniques and performances on various songs on all of Queen's albums. And he specifically mentioned his modified acoustic Halford guitar on Jealousy and White Queen. And, and I want to say that in that article, it's quoted not as Halfred, but I think it was something like Hereford or something. But I found this wonderful article where someone troubleshooted saying they believed that quote from the magazine was actually incorrect. And they, they wrote it incorrectly because of Brian's accent, the way he said it, perhaps. Because if you dig deep, Halfred guitars, you can actually find photos. And there was a photo in, I think one of Brian's or Queen, there was like a photo book. There was a picture of Brian's guitar 
and you could see the label. And if you zoomed in and cleaned up the image a little bit, you could clearly see it was Halfred. So anyway, a little bit of backstory about Brian's modified acoustic guitar. And I gotta say, yeah, listening to this, it truly does have that characteristic of his sitar. It's, it's beautiful. He pulls it off wonderfully. And it's not just the sound. It's not just the quality of the sound. It's the way Brian plays. That poetic approach, so lyrical. One of the most lyrical guitarists ever. I don't think I've said that recently. So it's important that I bring that up every once in a while. Nothing bad to say about jealousy. I couldn't find any negative comments about it. And partially, I suppose that's because there's not a lot written or said about this in general. As I mentioned earlier, jealousy is very much a sleeper in Queen's catalog. I I don't even know, I should have looked this up. I don't even know if it's on any deeper tracks, compilations, or anything like that. Jealousy is such a quiet, unassuming thing hidden among Queen's big, rowdy numbers. But there is, of course, positivity. 78 Circus Magazine, in their album review of jazz, called this, called Jealousy, a, quote, more indulgent rhapsody, unquote, on jazz. And I would say, given what I've read, what I've seen, even though, yes, it's seldom mentioned, this song, but both casual fans who suddenly discover this deep track number and hardcore fans who know most of, if not all, of the boys' catalog enjoy this song. I see a lot of praise for Freddie's vocal performance in particular. So when people do discover this, they talk about that. They talk about Freddie's really wonderfully done, nuanced vocal performance here. Delicate, grand, sweeping piano brings us in. Such a difference compared to Freddie's earlier piano playing. You can really hear how he's progressed. Freddie, this is gorgeous. Lots of pedal use, a cymbal swell, dramatic, that sitar-like guitar. Brian peaking at the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh notes on the scale in each of those chord progression phrases. More cymbals, so epic and sparkling. And then Freddie. Oh, how wrong can you be? So much expression, not just in Freddie's aching tone, but in the bass, which lingers nicely. It moves melodically. Reminds me of earlier John moments like the millionaire waltz. John and his moving emotional bass lines. Then this wonderful transition with more percussion seamless shift into a brief 3-4 measure several times. I was far too much in love to see. This B-flat seventh chord creates the perfect pause before transitioning into the neighbor key of E-flat major in the chorus. And Freddie's resolution of that phrase, that little soft vocal run that's so lithe and lovely. The chorus. Jealousy, 
Look at me now, jealousy, you got me somehow. It's almost strange to not hear any guitar, only Freddie's flawless piano and John's bass dancing around it, all tied together with Roger's simple, light percussion. What this really does is put Freddie's vocals front and center in this aching ballad. And as it should be. This is Freddie's song. All of the focus pulls you into his performance. The second section of the chorus, there's a great shift in bass tone as John jumps up a whole octave. Gosh, I love his dynamics. When he gives us these massive intervals that we don't expect. You gave me no warning, took me by surprise. There's a fantastic clash of notes with the bass and the piano offset. So we have an A flat minor chord with a B flat. Creates a wonderful tension and urgency. You couldn't lose, you couldn't fail. There's some very moving and surprising chord transitions here along with Roger's clanging cymbals. And one particular movement in the music is just like Roger's earlier drowse. And I think I talked about that, that progression there as well. It's a chord shift we never heard even from the Beatles, who did so many interesting things with musical structure. E flat to D minor to C minor. It's those chords where Freddie tenderly sings... How, 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 oh my jealousy. It's beautiful. Even more expression, movement on that bass. And before the second verse concludes, there's this incredible swell, a break from the expected. If only you could see just what, oh jealousy. That might be my favorite moment in the song. All of those vocals are gorgeously done by Freddie. Those layers of harmonies, falsettos, and the depth of it all together. The second phrase of the chorus also includes more harmony oohs and surprising embellishments of the vocals. Effective, glittering, especially thanks to Roger's cymbals once again. And as the hook takes us out, There's a fantastic lingering of the note on the bass. It's sustained. It crawls from the seventh to the first up to a third and a perfect fifth. You'll miss it unless you turn this way up at the end, but it's a nice touch, this little feature for John on his bass. This is Freddie's number, of course, beautifully restrained. And I think, yes, perfectly echoes Earlier numbers of his that are much more subdued, though just as affecting, like You Take My Breath Away, which I mentioned earlier. Also a number from Freddie that is, yes, it's absolutely my favorite ballad from him, that number. But this, to me, something about it echoes that, especially in the vocal performance, there are these tender moments that come through. Freddie sounds so pure and innocent and genuine here. And again, it's almost hard to believe this is the same man who just sang, 
super gritty stuff from fat bottom girls. Right before this, I was just a skinny lad, never knew no good from bad. You know, he he's just like screaming out these vocals with this sharpness. And then here, it's a complete 180, totally restrained, totally soft, lots of falsetto, and very subdued and melancholy. And resigning himself to, wow, I, how do I get through this? Jealousy, when will you let go, right? So I, I love this song. This is such a different thing coming, not just from Freddie, but of course from the guys. And again, we have a huge shift of guitar tone here. There, there is no classic rock guitar no power chords, no crazy riffs. This is all Brian on delicate sitar-like instrumentation, and I love it. I love when we get these one-off things from the guys, and they do that with us so often and somehow manage to keep things distinctive. So it just goes to prove that they're always experimenting and trying different things, and I simply love that. I love that about everything that they do on every album. And this song, Jealousy, is no exception. And yeah, I can't tell you to go, hey, go listen to, you know what? I just realized something. I seem to remember, and how did I miss this? I'm gonna look this up right now. I apologize because I was just about ready to end this, but I remember reading that there was an alternate version of this that had something different about it. The drums, I can't remember. Um, there was something about more drums. <sighs> Great. <laughs> now I got to go look this up. Um, I'm really upset with myself that I didn't do my due diligence with this and look this up previously, because I swear, you guys, there was, I remember a long time ago reading something about or hearing about another version of Jealousy that had a different kind of a mix. And, okay, hold on. Okay, okay. All right, I'm back after, <laughs> I literally had to stop and look because I didn't want to spend literally five or 10 minutes just looking up stuff. and. What I think I read before and what I was unfortunately unable to find any evidence of, but I'm going to keep digging, even though I'm going to wrap this dive up, but that something about the original pressings of this album didn't have the same drum sound or the same kick drum or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if it was a mixing thing or if that's actually true that some of the drums were excluded. So I'm going to have to do some more research on this because I just listened to some supposed alternate versions that either had the previously excluded drum. It honestly, to me, it sounds exactly like the version I'm familiar with. So if I can find something that does indeed, if it's a really legit recording, I will link to it, even if I have to come back later and link to it. But anyway, Sorry, <laughs> just a tangent there, but I just remembered that. I was thinking there was a song on jazz that I seem to remember had a different version, I thought, and this was one of them, I swear. So I'm going to keep digging. But in the meantime, I am going to wrap up this Queen Deep Dive. So keep yourselves alive. I'll be back next time. 
And if I don't do another kind of episode that's not a queen deep dive, we are going to talk about bicycles next time. It's going to be fun. That is going to be amazing, that queen deep dive. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a challenge. And I'll tell you why when I get into that number. But have a great rest of your day, your evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful time. Have a good time. Have a good time. Yes. Don't stop me now. And we will talk about that number soon too. All right. Bye guys.